I'm Reggie. And this is Coach O. And we're here with another Fired Up Friday. Oh, yeah. Let's go, baby. Welcome back to another Fired Up Friday. I'm Reggie. I'm Coach Omar. What's up, Reggie? I'm fired up today. I can tell. I can tell. Well, listen, man. We got. We just gonna. We're gonna go in. We don't even know um, what type of response we're gonna get from the content we're about to share. <laughs> we're talking about being fired up this week. Talking. I, I'm gonna sorry. go off. I'm just gonna start. I know. I know. I got you. I'm sorry. <laughs> No one was on me. We're talking practice. We talk- Some Philly teams. Our We're team back to that again. <laughs> We're talking practice. Some Philly teams always got something going on, though, don't they? Oh, my God. Wentz is gone from Philadelphia. Where'd he go, Coach? I got to pull my stats up. <laughs> Where'd he go, Reggie? <laughs> Went to the Colts. Went so the Colts. that's interesting because the Colts uh, – Actually traded for another quarterback last year. They traded for Phillip Rivers, who ended up retiring. Understandable, kind of whatever. He was old. Yeah, and he came from he came all the way from the West Coast. Yep, San Diego forever, and then they changed to L.A. Yeah, I remember when he was in San Diego before he changed the name. But Mm -hmm. yeah. So what do you think? Are, are we going to pick someone else up, or are they going to really put all the chips on on Hurts? They're going to end up drafting someone. Okay. A stupid, another stupid waste of a draft pick. <laughs> Listen, you know anything can happen in that draft. Anything. No. From trade, well, after afterwards, when all the trades uh, happen, anything I just possible. Don't. I don't. I think they got something brewing. I think something's going on where we just gotta watch. We gotta wait and watch. I would just prepare yourself for three years of going three and thirteen. Please, uh-huh. easily three years of of, of being was, bottom of the division behind terrible teams. Yeah, and that and, was uh, painful. Yeah, well, it's where we're gonna be for a, a few years here. We're gonna. I don't know. Till till hurts his rookie happen. contracts up, and then we'll just draft another rookie. Get rid of him by the time the rookie contracts up. Well, okay. So who's who's the backup though? I didn't get my stats. Nate Sudfeld. Who? Nate Sudfeld. They never oh. got rid of him. Okay. All right. I feel like we could have traded way for way better than what we got. So now that we don't have Wentz's arm, what's going to happen? They're going to change up the dynamics a little bit. You think? They're gonna have to. Um, yeah, I, think I just so. don't. I don't think Hurts has the arm no, to, no, to do that. anything. We saw that. We saw that. But clearly, they're, I think they're gonna change the the dynamics. Run, run, run but a little bit more. And, you run the ball to who? Miles Sanders. Who else? Yeah, that's pretty. Who much. else? That's you know? our, well, that's our star runner. Yeah, it's one dude. They figure it out quick enough. <laughs> well, let's, speaking of running, let's talk about this five point oh. We're going to shift. You got to always shift it. Why are you shift blaming the men? (laughs) No BS. No BS. (laughs) Blame shift. For all those that do not know what we're talking about. And whatever else you thought it meant. Yeah. That relates very well, too. Yeah. So that's going to go tie into what, you know, we have to talk about today as far as uh, burn desire. But um, five, 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 two, five, five, one, two, 
And today, 503. Nice work. Nice Bro, work. Bro, I was stuck at 541 for so long. It had to change at some point. I was hard stuck at 541 for like three months. You know the rules, right? What? If you're not moving forward, you're moving <laughs> backward. <laughs> there is no stuck. <laughs> Dude, that was hard stuck. I wasn't going anywhere for a little while there. Yeah. Um, but you're making tremendous progress. I mean, you're here more than before, which which helps. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Um on top of the strength training. So that's I'm 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 excited. I'm excited to work to see where you're going with this. Cuz you can only get better. Yeah. The stronger you get, the more agile you get. I love no it. I love it. Can't wait, man. March 26. Yeah. From what Mar- I've been here, March 26. So that's when you're starting, right? Pitchers and catchers tryouts. So how come they don't go the whole team anymore? They really do it like the MLB? That's just what I heard. I could be wrong. I think they try out pitchers and catchers. Man, you're, you're- at, at a freshman level, I don't I don't know if that's still the thing at the freshman level, though. It could be different there. It okay. might just be a full team tryout. Okay. I about to say, you, you, your high school's, okay, stepping it up on a whole nother level. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I don't know if that's that could be returning. I don't know though. Returning? Yeah, like kids that are returning. Okay. Wait, now now let me ask you a question. Let's tell the world. What position do you play exactly? Catcher. Y'all, he is a monster <laughs> catcher too. He's been catching. You've been catching since you were like two years old. Huh? Ever since you started no. playing, you've been catching, right? No. No? No. Cause they don't they don't use catchers. They start using catchers at a certain age. Well, I yeah. That's when I started catching, yes. Well, yeah, at that at that first time, right? At the yeah. first age level? Probably. Pretty, yeah, almost, yeah. That's pretty cool. With a catcher's mitt, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Seven years old, probably. Yeah. It's when I can first remember catching. Anyone listening, if you're a, a, a parent coach or you're, a, you know, a certified coach and or you coach whatever level – you know how crucial a catcher is. Now, especially just learning how to catch at the young ages, like seven. Reggie's talking about seven, eight, nine, ten. Not every kid can be a catcher at that age. I mean, you they can, but not every kid has what it takes at that age. They, they have to learn that. It's a courageous position. I remember catching. And I was scared out of my brains. Like, what if the the bat hits my – that's all I was throwing. I never was a catcher, obviously. I was a pitcher, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> but when I first had the, the opportunity to catch, I'm like, that's all I could think about. You had to be – you got to be courageous back there. The ball's coming, the bat's swinging, just, and you got to be able to focus and catch. I think I was just taught at such a young age that it doesn't matter. Yeah. If you get hit, doesn't matter. <laughs> How how would unless you're unless you bone sticking out don't matter. <laughs> I was you, taught from a young like sorry, but I was taught from a young age that uh you know there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. Mm. Injured is when there's clearly a broken bone. Hurt is when you know you hurt something. So what? <laughs> unless you unless you physically can't walk or your arm <laughs> bone is sticking out of your arm, you are going to play. 
is what I was told. The mindset of a catcher, my friends, like I was saying, you have to have a certain type of fire within you to get behind that plate and say, you know what, I'm going to catch this ball. I'm going to stop it from going past me. No matter if the batter swings, no matter how fast the pitcher, and that's another thing. You're, yeah. you, you, might ha- you might have a, an extremely fast pitcher, and it's like, oh, my goodness. Oh, that's crossed that. my mind before. I've given I, – yeah, that's crossed my mind a few times before. Yeah. I mean, you got to be – you got to have some type of a mindset to be a catcher. <laughs> Not only mindset, but, <laughs> but you got you to have the ability, too. Now, I know, I know, Reggie, talk about some of the drills that, you know, some of the things you had to do to kind of, to become a good catcher like you <laughs> we, We've done them, we've done some of, some of them here. Yeah, so. I've done a couple of drills here. Like, yeah. we, you do, like, it's, it's different between being trained by, you know, your brother or your dad compared to being trained by an actual, like, there's a lot, the drills differ a lot, right? And here, I worked with a, a college kid in here one time. And it was actually, it was great because we would pull out the ladder full, pretty much full catcher's gear. And, you know, you go through the ladder and that kind of stuff. Or you do, like, the medicine ball throws. Like, you get up, like, you hold it here, and you get out of your stance, and you toss the medicine ball. And uh, that kind of, like, those drills are really good. But I was also taught drills where you literally sit in a stance to block, and you just get balls thrown off your chest. And that was at a young age, too. That was probably – I think I was taught that a little bit later. I don't think I was taught that quite as young as, was, like – I've heard, but I've talked to other catchers, and they're like, yeah, I've done the exact same drill. Yeah. Yeah. What was one of the first drills you remember doing when you first decided to catch and maybe – I don't know if you can think back that far. Maybe – um Just like, receiving I drills. I worked on receiving drills, like, for hours. Yeah. Hours. You hear that? Uh, Just sit, sit in your stance and receive the ball. Get your thumb underneath. Then you do it no glove, you know. Get that thumb underneath. It's always – I was taught that. It was so important. It is. I agree. It very much is. I heard two things, my friends. Get your thumb thumb under your hand. Under, underneath the ball. Thumb underneath receiving. the ball. And then I heard hours. <laughs> Not hour. <laughs> you said hours, plural, correct? Yeah. Probably. If you want to, if you want to become the best, you got to work harder than anyone else. You got to master your craft, and if that takes working and practicing and repetition, maybe not ten, not twenty, not thirty, maybe a hundred, maybe four hundred, maybe nine thousand. You got to do it. One of the best ways to learn, for me at least, was always game. You know, just get in a game, catch, and repeat what you were doing in a game. <clears throat> and then, you know, as a catcher, you have to catch bullpens, which totally suck. They're terrible. No one likes them. What, catch what? Bull, they're called, we call them bullpens, right, where you, your pitcher just throws to your catcher, warms up to the catcher. Okay. But, you know, you sit there and you catch six bullpens in one practice, and you realize, man, this sucks. <laughs> well, is that – so that's – what do you mean, bullpens in a practice? Oh, yeah. Because oh, you got to so have pitchers throwing in a practice, yeah, still getting exactly. ready for games in practice. All right, because I'm thinking about the games. I know in the You game, still do it in a game, you know, they still up. warm up. Yeah. yeah, okay. It's still called a bullpen, you know. Okay, yeah. So that's what I was mixed up on. Yeah. Like, practice, there's bullpen? Well, I guess oh, it's yeah. the same thing. I got you. 
Like, uh, just live, I always learn live drills are the easiest way to learn how to receive and block, in my opinion. Live drills? Yeah, so, like, you do, like, BP, but you just get a catcher to sit back there and receive the balls that go by and block them and that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? Hey, I got a question for you. This is baseball. This is, you know, going back. Could you remember one of your first goals that you had in baseball? In baseball? Yeah, like say it was, you know, throw three people out or, I don't know, triple or a home run or whatever. You Have, have you set, you know, just growing up, even when you first started, I can remember one of mine. For instance, I was really, really young. I was in T-ball, and one of my first goals was in T-ball to hit the ball over the fence. While yeah, that's a, always that one. But one of the first ones I can remember that was an actual goal. I actually sat in here, and it was throw how many kids out? Um, Throw, like, 30 kids out in a, in a season. season. Okay. I think. Okay. You remember that because yeah, I put I, it up there over the 90-day the drills. Yep, you put it up on the board. I remember now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and um, that was probably one of my first real good. goals. Good. Always, you know, hit the ball over the fence, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was um, that was my own only. I had a lot of goals, but honestly, I had, I had because I was a pitcher. Yeah. I had to hit the ball over the fence, home run. I mean, yep. goal. <laughs> and so that came true when I was eleven, and then I had a steals goal, which I wanted to steal from while well, from first base all the way through to third. I, um, I and I was really really young. So I was in the minors when that happened. Uh, ten, yeah, 10, 11 ten, eight, eight, nine years old. Eight, ten and yeah. eleven, you move up. I think. I always tried to be the fastest. Yeah. I always tried to be the fastest. So that was a goal. I was usually the slowest. And then a pitch out. I tried to. My, you know, obviously pitchers' goals. I think they're all the same. All and off. A, a, a monster goal would be. All right. Every time I go on the mound, this whole season. No one's going to hit. I'm striking out everybody. That's a seagull right there. Yeah. That's a major goal. But Seagull? Yeah. <laughs> seagull. So, but one of my first goals was to basically have a no-hitter. And I never accomplished that one um, when I was in Little League. Never accomplished that one. I went innings, but it was always one, at least one person. I had a one-hitter. I remember one here. I was so close. I've called cool. a couple no hitters, seven inning games. Really, mm-hmm. seven innings? That's good. Yeah. Really tournaments mainly, like you usually get them in tournaments. You're playing against, you know, a team that's probably not as good as you. Uh huh. You got to get, or you know, your pitcher on the mound throwing real good. Yeah. I've definitely. I think I caught one off of my one of my best friends. I think I caught one of his one time. Uh-huh. Yeah. But that was like that. That's hard though. No hitters, pretty crazy. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's an it's an emotional game. Oh yeah, because baseball. The longer yeah. it goes on, you're like, oh my goodness, could it be? But you got to remain focused and you can't ever bring same. it up. Yeah, you can't get at least not to the. You can never. So what's the, yeah, one of the biggest thing. superstitions in baseball is you never bring up a no hitter or a perfect game until to after. the pitcher. Never. To the pitcher. To the right. pitcher, never. Okay. There's a lot of – Unless they throw that no-hitter, you don't bring it up. 
there's a lot of superstition in the game of baseball too. Um, oh, one of my favorites is uh, so we usually line the bats up on the fence. You can't cross them. Can't cross them. That's yeah. Don't cross them. What do you mean? You don't cross the bats. Like the handles don't cross okay, nothing. So they're just lined up. They're just you. lined up. <laughs> if if you're a young one out there uh, plays baseball and you're listening to this right now, either. Comment in the in the face. Don't don't teach comments. him superstitions. It ruins games sometimes. <laughs> I want to, we're gonna we're gonna help our audience build a communication line with their with their child, their children. Do not bring up superstitions. <laughs> Trust me. All right, forget about it then. Forget the forget about. If you it. want if you want to ruin one baseball game for them, bring up superstitions, and when they lose because bats are crossed, you'll hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Why did y'all cross the fence? <laughs> I've done it more than once. So that 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 brings us up into um the word of the week, Reds. I mean, we're gonna go right into it because we're talking along Man. the same lines. Yeah. Um, how maybe things of things we can't see or out outside entities sometimes control people's lives or controls in our instance, you know, athletes' outcomes. I was one. I was one. You know, I when I was in the ninth grade, I I got cut from the baseball team, and I was the best player out here. But for some reason, going into that ninth grade tryout, I remember. I remember as clear as day. I thought I had it in the bag, and I didn't give two percent effort. I was just thought it was I was there, and I was taking everything on ease and. My eye opened up. Coach was like, nah, you're done. I said, huh? What? <laughs> and um, that shut my whole baseball career now. And my mom told me one day, so, you know, why don't you go out again? I'm like, I blamed it on the coach. I blamed it on the coach. I said, not why that coach, I'm, me and the coach don't get along. And that was, the, that was one of the biggest lessons early in life that I learned. I let an outside entity. I I BS'd. Yeah. I straight BS'd on it. I blame shifted. And I said, no, because of that person or that situation outside. And I never shot for my goals. And I was really good. I was decent. I was fast. And I was a decent pitcher at the time. But um, that was that was an eye opener. Yeah. But we're, we're, we're talking about burning desires if you have a burning desire bdp there's a power if that desire if that reason for your goal for your accomplishment is so big and so strong so huge that it wakes you up or it it keeps you going in the midst of even if somebody knocks you down or attempts to knock you down or you just don't excel enough and you're like, whoa, I'm not there. A lot of people do this, put the blame on other one, on other entities, other situations, other people, right? Yeah. But if that burning desire is so strong, you don't stop until you get what you want. Yep. And then I got one more thing to say before I let you add on a little bit to that. But the power in it is if you truly want it, if you really, really desire something, I don't care how tough, how long, 
how much you don't have, know, or experience, you will not stop. You will keep going. Yeah. I had a workout with my co- my college athletes today. They did it. They did close to a thousand jumping jacks. They had no idea though. They had no idea how much or how many they were doing. They just kept hearing me go, keep going, go. And we, we, I had some some key uh, signals that I was giving them. But when you don't know how far your body's going to go, and all you have to hold on to is a goal that, listen, I will get whatever it is, you'll put your body, you'll put your mind through some amazing levels of achievement, amazing levels. That's how I did my 30-minute wall sit. Did you do a 30-minute wall sit? Rezzy, you you did I not did tell me about that. Two you years did, ago. Nope. You never told me 30, about that. Nope. 30-minute wall sit. Never told me about that. And oh, yeah, she did. Never mind. And then afterwards, I, that's, yep, yep. Came back to me. Yep. <laughs> you, were at the, you were at the thing, right? Yeah, up north at the uh, yeah. fitness conference. And the one girl did like 50, did, like 50 no, minutes no, or something? No, she did 38. She 38? She did minutes, yeah. We called it after that. We were like, you know what? She probably could have went so you on had forever. Oh. She probably, you know, she we called it. We were like, she probably went, could have went on forever. But my whole point is you have to have that strong enough reason why or a big enough goal that gets you so fired up that no matter what you come across, you're going to get it. That's the power. Mm-hmm. That's the power. It's in you. Yeah. It's already in you. So you talk about that burning desire, right? And you know how people always go, you know, there's there's a fire inside of everyone. Mm. You know, one, you know, certain person might be able to light that fire. Yeah, that fire is your burning passion. You know, your burning desire for something. Yeah, you know, like when one person, <laughs> like God, my grammar is terrible sometimes. You go talk, <laughs> <laughs> talk. When you like, when people have this one big goal. Like mine is to get to the MLB, right? That's uh-huh. their burning desire. Right. And that burning desire is the fire inside of you. Yeah. You, yeah, you brought that fire out for me, at least, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, what's sad is a lot of coaches can just kill that fire. Mm. You know, a lot of, like, I know a lot of baseball players and a lot of people in other sports that have just had absolutely terrible experiences with a coach and just killed the love for, the, like, their their love for the game, you know? Okay, that's what happened. That's what happened to me. However, go ahead. I won't cut you off. You can't, you know, that even though your passion and your desire kind of left, obviously the coach didn't help. But, you know, clearly something wasn't inside of you that you wanted, you know. There we go. There we go. There we go. Absolutely. And trust me, coaches can contribute to that sometimes. No doubt. There's – if you – Absolutely. Mom, this is what my mom said. A coach can make you and a coach can break you. Yep. No and doubt. I, I took that in my head and I'm like, man. But at the end of the day, you allow that to happen. We oh, allow yeah. that to happen. Right? Yep. At the end of the day, there's something. If it's, if it's strong enough inside of you. Doesn't matter. You're going to get through whatever communication breaks you have with your coach. Whatever emotional distress, whatever you have with your coaches, you're gonna make sure you're gonna find a way. Yeah, that's yeah. that's called being resort resourceful. You're gonna find a way to stay in the game or to stay in 
the situation that you're on because yep. you love it and you know that you have your goal. Now, here it is. Here it is right here. That resourcefulness, determination. Yep. So if you have a burning desire, your burning desire is going to show up with some determination. Persistence. Yep. Your burning desire, that fire is made of persistence. It's oh, like yeah. oil or what do you call it? Uh, uh, oil on the fire? Not oil on the fire. Gasoline gas, on the fire. Yeah, gas on the fire. <laughs> gas on the fire. Yeah. You know, what? what's what's helping your fire? Stay lit. Clearly something that you want. It's already in you. Yeah, yeah, something you want. And then you got that persistence, that determination, that ability, the courage. Yep. The courage that they had that have to do those thousand, not only a thousand, we did a hundred uh, lunges each leg. We did uh, 50 up down planks. The body was feeling a certain way. Oh, yeah. I mean, back to back to back. But the courage you have to have to go through that, like, oh, the belief. That's another yeah. quality that you have to have when you have a when you have a burning desire, they come out. Yeah. They come out. That burning desire is what moves you forward. Yeah. yeah. When you don't necessarily have a burning desire, you're moving backward. Yeah, well, the thing is, you're moving in, yeah, backward, left, right. You're not moving towards anything. Nah. Right? You're you say, okay, I want it, but do you really want it? And that's not staying static. That's not standing still. Yeah. You're always moving somewhere. Always. But if it's not forward, it's not gonna be good. <laughs> you know. You're gonna find your You gotta go through the boulders. Yeah. Yeah. Or over them. You don't go around them. Nah. You push those things because the burning desire is going to fuel your energy, fuel your strength. Oh, yeah. I like it. I like it. Listen, burning desire power. There's so much right. power in a burning desire. It's the power of commitment. You can because you can commit with that burning desire. Oh, yeah. You can stay persistent with that burning desire. Yeah. Mm. Comes with a lot of things, a lot of things in the fire. Right, all the pieces of wood, right? That 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 help fuel that fire. Those pieces are what we were just talking about. You can become more responsible, more courageous. If that burning desire is big enough and fires you up enough, yep, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think that's a great place to end. Yeah, let's do it. All right. This has been Redzy, and I'm Coach O with another Fired Up Friday.